Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is the podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. Don't you just love a great celeb cameo? What about when a real life figure shows up in your pop culture? We're chatting about when the truth shows up in fiction. And later we'll have a chat with debut YA historical novelist Crystal Marquis and her fascinating new book, The Davenports. We're also going to go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us some comfort lately. Huzzah. That's a that's a precursor <laughs> for what I love we're going to talk about. Huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> oh, oh man, that is a that is a fun little like sneak peek because I think yeah. the person who says that is featured on some of our recommendations lately. Yes. For sure. How's it going, Gwen? It's okay. You know, usually I'm I I hate to be my I I live in a world between half full and half empty glasses, you know, um, I'm usually very positive, but this week Mm -hmm. has been a definite test of that. My husband works in the tech industry. And so the industry got slammed with a lot of layoffs this week. So it's been, um, we're recording this right now. So it's like the third week of January. Um, so it's just been a little gloomy and we live in Seattle. So it's gloomy anyway. It's just the gloomy season. Yeah. It's just been a little rough, a little, just a little emotional this week, but making it through happy, safe so far. And our friend, most of our friends are safe, but good, good, good. Yeah. No, it is. It's really devastating. Like a lot of, especially, well, I mean, we can, I think we can, I mean, they've, they've talked about like Vox laid off Mm -hmm. a bunch of people. And I mean, it was just kind of like, I feel like all of these great journalists who I like read on Vox specifically how we're announcing that. And then just other, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of that time of year where reorganizations happen and yeah. And you know, when stuff changes. So yeah, no, I totally, totally get it. It is. It's, it's been a rough few days. Love to our friends (laughs) at Vox too. Cause yeah, I saw one of my friends, Emily was let go and I was while she's on maternity leave, which sorry, I was like, we may keep this in there, but I was just so angry for her. I know it's just, yeah, it's not great all around. No, I was going to say, I didn't even like fill in what my vibe was this week. It just mm-hmm. left it blank. I mean, but I will say it has been like in Chicago land, it is very, it's snowing right now. Not a lot, Ooh, but it is snowing, but it has been so gloomy. It. I don't know the last time I saw the sun. I think it came, the sun came out like three days ago for five minutes and mm-hmm. that has been it. It's been, it thankfully hasn't been too cold, but Good. I mean, it just really brings everything down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a we- it's been like a weird couple of weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I mean, we're here and like we always say, like we look for- we look forward to every other weekend where we mm-hmm. get to get together and and chit chat. So, yeah. bring a little sunlight to ourselves even if it's gloomy outside. We have sun between the Hopefully. two of us. <laughs> yes. Okay, what is one good thing you've achieved this week? Okay, so because it has been so emotional and so like draining of a week, I have been mm-hmm. going to bed early. <laughs> Yeah, and so no, that's I would find I would, major. <laughs> yes, so um, you know, in bed by nine thirty, asleep by nine forty-five. It's, it's a dreamful. It's wonderful. Yeah. Cliff even on Friday was like, um, we were watching the chase, and I love it. And I fell asleep when the people were in their first round of questions, and he's like, "Can we just watch this tomorrow when you're yeah. awake?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably a better idea." <laughs> so yes, going that's to bed great. early has been yeah. my accomplishment. Oh, that's amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> what about you? Um, so last week, uh, as of when we're recording this, I got to reveal my second book cover. So the cover for Accidentally in Love went up this past week. It was really great. Newsletter subscribers got to see it two days early, which was fun. I had not uh-huh. done something like that before. 
Um, and the response was really positive, which I am not surprised by because Lenny Kaufman, who was the illustrator, does amazing artwork and really like hit it out of the park. And the Berkeley kind of design department, you know, really, they also did a great job. It was kind of the, the same team of people. I was really lucky that they carried over. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I think they they understood the vibe of book one and really brought that to book two as well. So that was yeah. fun. I exactly vibe is exactly the right word. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing I love about the Exhalian Love um, cover is it's just like such a cool vibe. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, and they, you know, like I, I've thanked all of them many times for like dealing with my very nitpicky little changes <laughs> that they just did. They were just like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Yeah. They're probably like this lady, but whatever, you <laughs> they know, trust fine. you. <laughs> we'll do this. That was my achievement. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was really cool to kind of do, and I feel like more authors are doing their own reveals now, mm-hmm. and I think that that's cool. Like yeah. they're just, they're just like, here's my cover. And I have to give it to also like the Berkeley, like whoever, I think it's marketing who does this, but they made sure that cover like went out because it's like up on every site now. And I feel like with the first book with the accidental pinup, it was like kind of slow, like rolled Mm. out over like a week or two. And I feel Mm. like almost every website, it was up on Wednesday. So that was awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's great. It's a great vote of confidence. Our topic this week is we're calling it truth in fiction. Mm-hmm. And we were going to, we're going to talk about like real life figures in fictional works, which is slightly related to the Davenport's by Crystal Marquis. Like some, some real life people show up in, mm-hmm. in, in her book. So yeah, so let's, let's dive in. What do you feel yeah. or how do you feel about thoughts about real life figures showing up in fictional work? You know, unless I know a lot about the figure and I'm like really, really, really well-versed in any sort of aspects of them, I actually genuinely really love watching them pop up into pop into any mm-hmm. sort of fictional work of pop culture because like one, it's a really great way for me to get introduced to somebody I didn't know or a character or figure I didn't know yeah. about before. And also like, I love an artistic creative expression of these characters. So like a lot of times, especially historical fiction writers mm-hmm. that really opened my eyes to that of how you can just play with these real life characters and kind of do whatever you want with them. Yeah. When it does get a little weird for me is when the dialogue or the language doesn't quite make sense with the time period. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and I don't even really mean like if it's historical and modern, it's just sometimes like even something from like the, if it takes place in the eighties or the nineties, it can just not feel like the right if it's not written well, it doesn't have like Mm -hmm, the right mm -hmm. vibe to it. I don't know about you, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I need a little bit of time between an event or the figure and then seeing them actually portrayed in something. Yeah. So like when it's like, I hate it, like all the Donald Trump stuff, like that's a very specific yeah. one, but it's like, it's a little too, too soon. Like just take a, <laughs> take a step back. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. So, I mean, I, I agree, but I also, I feel like I'm almost the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. cause I know, I think we talked about this in one of our early historical fiction episodes. So that would be with either Lauren Willig or Vanessa Riley. I kind of struggle with historical fiction, whether it's something I'm watching or reading Mm -hmm. when it's about real people, because I don't know where, I don't know how to make this sound without like how to say this without being totally convoluted, but like, we don't know, like Mm -hmm. this person existed and we don't know, like there is a true story in here 
And so sometimes I kind of like, and it's one of the reasons why I like bristle at the crown. Like I, I love the crown, but like the, and maybe it's just because we talked about, we've talked about the crown and like specifically the later seasons of the crown and how like we were kind not necessarily alive for it, but we were mm-hmm. like, we're like very much aware of what aware was going on. And we also yeah. like, like, we know how the crown is going to end and it's mm-hmm. not great. It's going to be pretty terrible. Pretty tragic. So it's like when someone's making up things about what was going on behind closed doors, which people have a right to, like mm-hmm. everyone has a right to privacy. Um, it's really hard for me to like grasp. But then, like yeah. I said, I'm kind of a hypocrite because- I, like the first two seasons of the crown, I still, I will rewatch like they're great, but I also mm-hmm. think that the casts really worked for yeah, me. Yeah. It makes a big seasons. difference with that. But, but then what I do love in historical fiction, TV books, movies is when it's like adjacent to a real life character or a real life figure is like a side character. Yes. So they're not like the focus. Like that's when I, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Cause then it like places it in history. It gives it a context. I think that's where I come down. Like when it, it is kind of, and it's like being like very true because then what I'm going to talk about quite a bit is like when history is presented and it's like blatantly false or it's mm-hmm. really a satire of like, kind of, it's like, it's like, the modern reaction to someone like Emily Dickinson on the show Dickinson, you know, like then like when someone's doing something a little bit outside of the box, like, you know, just like a bigger scope kind of a thing, then I kind of get into it. (laughs) Yeah. Cause there's so much distraction in that way. Like there's so many other things to keep your interest and do, um, to not just focus primarily Mm -hmm. on whatever sort of bastardization they've done to this, this figure. Yeah. And so like you get that sort of, it's kind of like a carnival in a way, like you get Mm -hmm. a little bit of everything. Okay. So let's get into some wrecks. Yeah. And so I want to, I'll start because okay. I want to talk because I already kind of started talking about it. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I like when it's something is like egregiously inaccurate, <laughs> almost <laughs> to the point. And I have one wreck where it is just like, they did Very not silly. care at all about being accurate or when the real life character is a side character. So for my first set for the egregiously inaccurate, we start. We started off saying huzzah. I, I glommed. I like really watched the great in like a week. Both seasons. Hopefully, season three comes out very soon. It's like sensational how mm-hmm. inaccurate it is. You know, like <laughs> you know, like when when cat. This is not a spoiler. This happens in like what episode four or five mm-hmm. of the season when she like the coup takes place. She takes over. Peter should have been dead like one episode later. <laughs> right. <laughs> he yeah. was only alive for like eight days in real life after mm-hmm. she took over. And here it is like months later and he's still alive. Still and, kicking. You know, yeah. So, but I think the funny thing about the great is that it is just so over the top. It, everything mm-hmm. about it is over the top. Like it's really, you know, there's, there's violence and it's kind of gross because it was gross back then. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I think, but it's it's such a, and it's funny, like, that's also what I really love about The Great is that it is just genuinely a funny show. So yeah, highly recommend The Great. That's on Hulu. Um, I did bring up Dickinson. And while Dickinson is actually not that inaccurate, but uh-huh. it is so anachronistic, they are talking like teenagers talk today, or like young people, I guess I should say, because I don't think they're all teenagers at that point. But it really, I what I like is that it really puts into perspective like oh this is a woman who everyone thinks was this hermit but she wasn't 
maybe at the like towards the end of her life but like you also see like why she would eventually become this way this also this show has some of the best celebrity yes videos of all time this is on apple tv plus which i know not a ton of people have but do a free trial and watch their three seasons and they're pretty quick but like wiz khalifa shows up as the personification of death Billy Eichner is Walt Whitman, Zasha Mamet is Louisa May Alcott, and John Mulaney is Henry David Thoreau. Like perfect. all pitch perfect casting. And just again, and again, it's another funny show. Like I think too, when you can add some humor to history, especially with like Catherine the Great and even Emily Dickinson, kind of tragic. I mean, Catherine the Great, the Great did do good things and she reigned a long time, but like, you know, tragic tragic things happen throughout these lifetimes and yeah. when you can make it funny i think that's really cool okay so one show that i really loved just because it was so ridiculous not true <laughs> <laughs> was rain which is of course about mary queen of scots it came on the cw it was it was like a precursor to bridgerton almost you know yeah. like yes. really just like down to the vitamin string quartet like oh pop God. song covers yes, like that's so funny and man like everyone wears like a prom dress they're all just like wearing mall prom dresses and it's like oh this is you know the renaissance <laughs> kind of almost the renaissance here you go cool 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 no and I loved every episode it was mm -hmm. ridiculous it, it was, was so, so bad <laughs> it was so bad but I loved it I'm gonna watch it again it was so I know good. I'm like I feel like I feel like rain needs to needs to rewatch like it's been enough time now so I good. think so I feel like because I'm trying to think of when did I watch I didn't watch it when it was on tv yeah I binged it but a long time ago like a few years ago I'm like yeah maybe this is my new like background show cool okay and then I do have a few books so or really just one book series it's called my lady Janie's it's a YA series <laughs> by Cynthia Hand Brody Ashton and Jody Meadows you don't really hear about three authors mm -hmm. writing together that's really cool um but the the books are they're all like my lady Jane or like well the first one is my lady Jane the second one, I think, is my plain Jane. And the third one is my Calamity Jane. So it's but it's about Lady Jane Grey, Jane Eyre, and Calamity Jane. And it's like they take the stories and they take like the major beats of these people's lives, you know, but like Lady Jane Grey doesn't die in this, mm -hmm. in this story. She also there's also like shape-shifting animals. Like they yes. get it gets weird. It gets like weird. it gets super weird, but there's still some elements of the true like truly what happened or in the you know like in Jane Eyre like Jane Eyre like what happened when or in that story so yeah so that's just like if you want something that I think kind of has this a similar feel to like something like the great or Dickinson or rain even <laughs> um <laughs> but with magic it's great cool Love uh, it. but, the, but the my lady Janie series and all three are out they've been out for a few years so I found interesting was characters mm -hmm. inspired by so inspired by characters oh. my first pick is the menu which is mm -hmm. on hbo max right now it is about uh, a very high stress uh kitchen world where a whole bunch of rich um what are rich patrons go to this like mm -hmm. deserted island not deserted it's like island in north carolina um to have the meal of their lifetime and then mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff happens from there but what i loved about it is that the main character played by ray fines is inspired by multiple real life chefs including mm -hmm. a chef that um was has been accused of some really really horrible stuff and has like an amazing restaurant 
out on Willoughby Island over here north of Seattle, but it's now okay. shut down because of all that. Like if you recognize like chef personalities, you're like, oh, that's a little Gordon Ramsay right there. And that's a little this there. <laughs> and I, yeah. I like it when they call it out versus when they just are like, oh, well, we, you know, I just made up my own character. And I'm like, no, these were actually inspired. Yeah. By. Um, and this is a movie I haven't had a chance to see yet, but has been getting so much buzz um, in like just leading up to the Oscars is RRR, which yeah. is a, a Hindi film um, on Netflix. And it's like three and a half hours long. And it's about fighting against colonialism. And mm -hmm. I just I love it because it is based off these two real characters who in real life in the movie, they they become best friends in real life. They didn't even really know each other. They were both wow. fighting the war yeah. separately. But the way that they do with the story is they make them best friends. So it's kind of like a buddy, buddy cop film. But then also like they're fighting the, the British and tigers and stuff. So um, I, I loved that. I love that sort of twist on it of, yes, we can mash these two characters up, even if they didn't know each other in real life, we can put them together yeah. in this piece. And then another one that is, again, loosely based off of real people is the uh, most recent version of A Star is Born mm -hmm. with Bradley Cooper and um, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Th his main character was inspired by um, both Eddie Vedder and Jason Isbell, who was the one of the songwriters on the in the film as well. So I love that he was that one of Bradley Cooper's main things was he was like writing that film with those two people yeah. in mind to portray and then when you watch it and you're like if you know anything about them again it's like oh you get a little bit of that energy and that air but it, it is still a fully fleshed out fully separate character that's just inspired by no oh, that's really cool those are great I like this approach because I didn't even think of that like people who are clearly inspired by mm -hmm actual people. I think that's really cool. So I'm going to do my next category, which was side characters who show up in different stories. And I think almost all of these are like, yeah, these are all historical. I don't have Perfect. any real like contemporary ones, but anyway, my first one, the first one that immediately came to mind was Leonardo da Vinci in ever after. And he was like the fairy godmother. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know he like comes to court like he gets invited to come to the court in France to be like the artist and scientist in residence and you know and the prince is like oh great like you can like convince my parents like we need to actually modernize some stuff and he ends up meeting you know Drew Barrymore's character who is the Cinderella character whose name is Danielle in the movie which is great mm -hmm. and and yeah he really does become like the fairy godmother and he makes her those amazing wings at the end of the movie like it's so oh, good. great so good. um and then Angelica Houston rips it oh my god I love that movie so much yeah it's so good know what I'm doing today. Couldn't talk about history without me talking about Downton Abbey. Very important. In the first Downton Abbey movie, you know, the king and queen come to Downton Abbey. That's like the whole conceit. The first half of the movie is about this. Um, and so, but yeah, King George V and Queen Mary, who were Queen Elizabeth II's grandparents, um, show up. And the people they cast, I did not look up these actors' names, but they really look like the actual King George V and Queen Mary of Tech. Uh -huh. um, is cool. it Tech or of Peck? I don't remember. Anyway, um, and then, but then on the show, there was like a very brief, like maybe an episode and a half where Edward, pre-Wallace Simpson and the abdication of the throne before, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth's father ends up having to become king. You know, uh -huh. he's on, he's a character on the show. Like when, when Rose played by what's her face, not Pamela Anderson, who played oh, Pamela Anderson, Lily, Lily James. James. Oh my gosh. Her name just like flew out of my mind, but came back. Um, but when Rose like comes out to society, he like, they kind of haphazardly meet him 
at a party or something. And it's like this whole thing. It's, it was really like, not, you know, that was towards the end of downtown. Yeah. You know, the best storyline. Forrest Gumpification. Yes, oh, you're it was here. Very fun. Yeah. Oh, look who it is. <laughs> it's the Prince of Wales. Um, so yeah, so that was great. Um, and then on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, you know, cause Mrs. Maisel is, uh, like a comedian, you know, an up and coming woman comedian, um, what in like the late fifties, early sixties, I think is when the mm-hmm. show is set. And I, I honestly have not watched the most like recent season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's on my list, but anyway, the character of, or not the character, but Lenny Bruce, who, you know, of course was a very like sensational and outspoken and got arrested. He, but he was also a comedian at the time. And he kind of starts out almost as a mentor. And then I believe in the most recent season, they actually kind of have a relationship. <gasps> so I know, oh, but like no. I said, I haven't watched it. So I don't know. I'm yeah. going to like maybe in the next, hopefully sometime this year. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, so, so that's the, see now that's getting to a point though. I'm like, am mm-hmm. I going to like it? Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, did, well, she's not a real person. So yeah. Would she have really? No, I'm kidding. It, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> now on to a couple. Yeah, I have two book recommendations. The first is Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson. This came out in 2021. It is about the 6888 Battalion, which was um, an all black woman battalion that served during World War II. They were the only all black woman battalion to go overseas during world war ii and there's like fun fact it's going to be a new movie not the book but the, about the six triple eight is going to be a movie starring um carrie washington and oprah with and tyler perry's directing which I mean, tyler perry sometimes he does things right sometimes yeah. he does things wrong i think he gets it out i guess that's the best i'm but i'm gonna say oprah's <laughs> here so maybe she'll keep him in line yeah. um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I just think it's not, like I said, it's not based on the book, but I hope this book, because this book is a book I tell everyone about. I hope this, like the book kind of gets like a new lease on life here. Um, The book, so, but the book, when it came out, it's about two fictional characters who joined the battalion, but there are many historical figures, Mm -hmm. including civil rights and education activist, Mary McCloy Bethune, who, if you don't know anything about her, you really should look her up. She's, she did such amazing, amazing things during her life. And if you want, come find me and I can tell you how she like impacted my actual, my family's life. It's really cool. And then, but then like a bunch, and then also a bunch of military people who I'm sure are very important, but I, I don't know about them, um, but it's fine, but they all show up in the book and it, and it really, again, it's like, it's when it kind of sets it in history, it gives it a context and you really kind of learn more. I think, I think it's sometimes easier to understand major historical events, like a world war when it isn't about a real person almost because like you're also you're you're you know that's not a real person you were not there so it's like kind of easy I don't know for me it's easier to understand um and then one other book that came out gosh maybe like a decade ago but it's called beautiful ruins by Jess Walter and it's a satire kind of about Hollywood and but it it um focuses on the filming of Cleopatra starring Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton both of whom show up Richard Burton shows up a little bit more than Elizabeth Taylor but it's a really like lovely story you it makes you want to go to Italy immediately <laughs> and mm-hmm. hang out in the hills it's so good so yeah so highly recommend both of those books I love it I love yeah. it I love it 
So I've got a couple of other uh, mm. categories. One is biopics, which we kind of touched a little bit mm-hmm. on. And I we've already mentioned The Crown, so I'm just going to scooch right over that one. <laughs> but two modern or more recent ones that I really, really mm-hmm. liked were um, Rocket Man, which was yeah. the Elton John biopic. And I, what I liked about it, because this was like when Bohemian Rhapsody was coming mm-hmm. out and some like it was just like hot to have all the 60s, 70s rock stars yeah. having their, their biopics. What I liked about this one is that it had Elton John's seal of approval. He was mm-hmm. working on it, but it wasn't shying away from showing the darkness yeah. and when he went through. And then it also like, it had these like dark elements, but then it was so bright and colorful, just like Elton John. And I thought that it does not only like the story, which is, again, it's kind of silly. It's very mm-hmm. much like, did this really happen? Did this not really happen? Yeah. Is it because he's kind of on drugs for the first half of the film? So he's getting off of them and like coming to terms with what his life actually looks like. But I liked that it had this sort of like poppy, bright color to it. And then this like dark storyline. I thought that was such an innovative way to do it where I didn't think that Bohemian Rhapsody, which came out the same year, did the same thing. I was kind of like, whatever. And then another one that was that just was recent um, last year. And this is this one's available on Roku TV Mm -hmm. (laughs) only is weird. The weird, the Al Yankovic story. And it is stars Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. And it is it's completely produced by Al Yankovic. He's in the movie. Um, I don't think he wrote any of it. Um, but what I think is really funny about it is that it, in Al Yankovic style, it's just completely wrong, completely yeah. zany. The story <laughs> is like, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. He's like speaking out lines from his actual songs. Like it was just so cheesy and fun. And mm-hmm. it was like, I love that that they were able to capture that personality and that, that um, energy and that attitude in the film. Yeah. So- <laughs> and it's just a silly, it was so much fun. It's a fun two hour adventure. I then, love, I was just going to say, I love how weird I speak. I mean, it is called weird, but like, yeah. how weird is Daniel Radcliffe? He's so, so strange. strange. I, love and I his- like that. He just leans into it. Like he's just totally like, I'm going to mm-hmm. do the weirdest crap I can do after Harry Potter. It's exactly. So he's like, I have my Harry Potter money. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to make weird movies and yes. weird TV shows. He can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life because yep. of Harry Potter. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I saw something that the three actors who make weird stuff. So it's that are all child actors that were able to invest. So it's, it's a uh, Harry Potter. So Daniel Radcliffe, Elijah Wood yeah. and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Who all oh, just are like, I did weirdos. my iconic character and now I'm doing weirdos. <laughs> and then uh, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out a couple or a trio yeah. of upcoming releases that I'm looking forward to um, that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. So one is the I Want to Dance with Somebody uh, film, and this is about Whitney Houston. It's going to be a musical. I think it has a little bit to do with the, the Broadway musical. I'm not quite sure, but um, it looks stunning and wonderful. And again, it's going to be tragic, but I hope it's more in the vein of Rocket Man um, and not so much Bohemian Rhapsody because I felt like I Bohemian think, Rhapsody isn't that is... out? Hold on. I'm Googling. Okay. Thank you. I Want to Dance. You don't have to keep in my... Okay my little typing interlude i think yeah it's it came out hang on did it come out in december it might have been it came out like release. on christmas or something yeah. okay but... it was a christmas release well i still haven't had a chance to see it yet <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no it looks great and i will say i did i remember reading an article that clive davis was actually really involved um with this and this is like the first time that he's kind of he, like he found whatever team was working on it he was like i trust you people and yeah and he's like involved so that's great that's a good that's really cool yeah 
Um, and then there's the new Christopher Nolan uh, film called Oppenheimer, which is about the Oppenheimer uh, scientists that worked on um, the Manhattan Project. And so it's yeah. it's a lot of white dudes hanging out. So who knows how actual like good the film is. I, I, <laughs> I kind of come and go with Christopher Nolan, but I am always excited because he also did The Prestige, which mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorite films and has one of my favorite real life cameos in it where we've got David Bowie playing Nikola Tesla. Oh, um, with the magician. So I just, I've, I'm just like, yes, I feel like Christopher Nolan can do real figures if given the right um, yeah. material. So yeah. we'll see. And then finally, Maestro, uh, call out again to Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing Leonard Bernstein in this one. He pulls triple duty. He wrote the film, starring in the film, and I think he's directing the film also. I think so. He he's been doing that. He likes that. He loves to do that. <laughs> so. I'm excited about that. Um, those are those are some upcoming releases that I'm looking forward to. But Danielle, I wanted to pose yeah. a little question to you. I'm throwing you for a loop because I, I also don't have an answer for this. But is there any? Are there any historical figures or current modern day figures that you would like to see in either yeah. a book or a film? Or I do show? have one. I saw like when I was like looking through our outline, like as you were talking, I was like, oh crap, I didn't know this this was coming. No, but in like just the last minute, I was thinking, I was thinking we, we, I think we are due for a biopic of Josephine Baker. We haven't had one in a very long time. There was an HBO movie starring Lynn Whitfield in 1991. Like I remember being from school and like watching this Mm -hmm. and I shouldn't have been because it was like me and there was definitely nudity um, (laughs) because Josephine Baker in her banana skirt. Mm -hmm. And Josephine Baker is such an interesting person and she led such an interesting life and, you know, fought in the French resistance and, you know, just like did all of these really cool things. So I think, yeah, that could be cool. Like, I mean, I don't know if I want Boz Lerman to do that, mm. like, but I could see like a Boz Lerman on her. Um, maybe it's just cause like Elvis is like front of mind because, yeah. you know, Austin Butler's getting nominated for everything, but, uh, <laughs> Which I also still have not seen. Elvis. I watched 30 minutes of it and it was awful. Oh no. I didn't fit. I was like, I, I do want to watch you know. it. I'm going to watch it. Because yeah. I do. I mean, for as over the top as Baz Luhrmann is, I generally enjoy even that Australia movie. Like I could kind yeah. of be like, it's Baz Luhrmann, whatever. <laughs> so but that's how I feel. But I, yeah. So like I said, I don't think I want Baz Luhrmann necessarily to direct a Josephine Baker movie. But I think something that is kind of very you know almost gaudy because I think she kind of had <laughs> that light like she did have a very kind of over-the-top gaudy life with a lot more going on though like yeah. I said like she fought the French resistance like she was a huge like speaker about civil rights and stuff so she adopted like a ton of kids so I think yeah something like that would be really cool what about you um I mean I know this is so like popular right now because I feel like every other year there is another like golden age of Hollywood film like right now Mm -hmm. we've got Babylon but I was as you were saying that I was like I would love to see a Mary Pickford a film about Mary Pickford she was like the it girl of of Hollywood but she was also a good girl Mm -hmm. so she's kind of like um like a Meg Ryan sort of level but she was that. She was like married well into, she was part of like the original power couple of Hollywood. And, and I I would find her very, very fascinating to see a movie about her and her like battle with her sister. There's always, you know, always love a little like 
what is that? Just the um, yeah, um, rivalry. Escape. Rivalry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what yeah. is that when they're competing with each other? Yeah, the rivalry <laughs> between sisters. Like I always love that stuff. So a little juicy. Awesome. Yeah. That I think those are excellent picks. I think that'd be cool. So Hollywood, if you need to give someone an associate producer credit. <laughs> Call you us can up. Start with us. Yes. Yes. We have ideas. <laughs> and we can write them too, guys. Be yeah, <laughs> that's true. We don't even have to just like kind of be involved. We can actually be involved. We can help you. <laughs> we can make this easy for you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, while Danielle and I come up with the next great American biopic, we're going to take a quick break and you guys can enjoy our interview with Crystal Marquis. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Crystal. Your debut novel, The Davenports, is set in 1910 Chicago among wealthy Black high society. Where did you get the idea for this intriguing and important time in history? I want to say thank you for having me. And I'm very excited to um, have The Davenports coming out so soon. Uh, So I got the idea after reading an article about C.R. Patterson. Um, They had a picture of his son standing in front of an automobile with um, the caption, first Black first and only black owned automobile company. And I just thought that was so interesting. Like I hadn't learned anything about him in school and I didn't even know that that was a thing. So I was very intrigued and I started Googling him and going to different websites and, you know, clicking link to link. And I was very surprised that I hadn't heard this story, but then also to hear that he had daughters and, I guess I wanted to know what their lives were like. Like they had their names, Dorothea, Mary and Kate, but like not a lot of information at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just put on my imagination cap and was like looking forward to finding out more information about life in 1910 Chicago for a family of their status. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to take everyone on a personal journey because my family has been in I'm outside of Chicago right now. So they've been in the Chicagoland area for that entire time. So like my great grandparents, my grandfather was born in 1900, great grandfather was born in 1900 and my great grandma was born in 1910. So like reading this book kind of opened up a whole new side of like even my own personal history, which I was like, that's one of the reasons why I'm like so excited to talk to you about this book. Um, and I was just wondering, um, was there anything like when you were going through your research, were there anything like just absolutely fascinating things that you just had no idea about that you were able, even if you didn't incorporate them into the book, like, you know, what are some of those fascinating tidbits about that time period? So some of the things that I thought were really fascinating was some of the medical discoveries because I was a biology major in school. Mm -hmm. So knowing that the procedures that you use for sterilization was created by a black doctor and um, the different uh, like organizations and groups that try and provide support Mm. were created because of the barriers of allowing black Americans to be part of, you know, the medical Mm -hmm. societies. So that was very interesting to me. And then I think around that time, CJ Walker, there was a documentary about her. So like learning about her wealth and knowing that she wasn't the only person who became a self-made millionaire. Like she was the word, uh, she was the first and she was the inspiration for one of my characters, Amy Rose, who tries to create her own hair care salon. So it was very interesting to see that they had so many of these black figures that weren't taught in school that I didn't learn about until doing my own research for this book or an elective in college. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really fun journey for me to discover this part of the past that I hadn't really heard of. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that has to be, to me, the hardest part of writing historical fiction is pulling yourself out of the research. Like I would just want to keep going into the vortex of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Davenports and their friends are trying to put forth their best at all times. You know, we're all trying to do that, I think, um, at work, at school, at society, function and parties. But each of them has other interests and passions. Why was it important for these characters to explore more beyond the ballroom? So for me, I feel that when you're reading books, you can see a lot of yourselves in them. And I think past the ballroom, they're fun. I love dances. I love dressing up. Um, I have an obscene shoe collection. You can ask my family, like it's it's pretty ridiculous. I love this. Um, but I also have other interests like Helen, she likes to tinker with cars. And like, um, I have a 06 Mustang that my dad and I like fix up every time it breaks down. So like that was really fun to incorporate into the story. Hmm. And then just learning about the past, I kind of incorporated that with Olivia. So that was really fun. And I think it's important for not only for me to explore all my different interests, but also for readers to see these young women have interests outside of their family's expectations or maybe what society wants for them. I think it's very cool and empowering how they go about discovering what they're passionate about and pursuing that. Uh, Yeah, that's great. My husband has an old car and he wants our, we have an eight-year-old daughter and he wants her so badly to like help him with the car and she has (laughs) zero interest. I'm going (laughs) to tell him there's hope because like he really like, and I, I think that'd be cool too. Like, you know, like I think it'd be cool. She was like into cars. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love that little tidbit <laughs> and like incorporating that with all the characters. Cause they were so well-rounded. They all had different facets. Like, you know, I think a lot of times and not even just in YA, but even in adult fiction, like there can be like a really narrow view of like how a character is like the one thing that they're driving towards is like the only thing that they're there that that you know about that character so I I really loved that all all four of kind of the main girls were really well-rounded and had a lot going for them mm-hmm. um so speaking of which though I know in YA so we usually talk to a lot of adult authors but like I said I was like obsessed with the dad and I saw the cover and I was like what is this book and then the more I looked into it I was just like okay this is totally up my alley but YA novels end with so many loose ends and like kind of on like these major cliffhangers like I'm already like who do I have to bribe at PRH to like give me book two (laughs) as soon as possible but can you tell us anything any little tidbits that you're allowed to talk about can you tell us about book two? Oh, so I didn't have (laughs) like discussions about what I can and can't say so okay (laughs) but I would say that something happens pretty early in the book where our Davenport siblings kind of have to take charge and, you know, kind of showcase their skills and passions or give an opportunity to prove themselves. So that was very fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of them kind of have to live with the consequences of the decisions they made after that big masquerade ball. Like a lot Mm of, um, a lot of big decisions were made that night. So they're, they're dealing with that and, their family and, you know, leaning on each other. I think that's one of the important parts is that at the end, they have this like really sweet moment where they all kind of reconnect and Mm -hmm. catch up. And I think that carries on into the second book. Awesome. Do you know when book two is coming? I don't have a date yet. Okay, cool. All right. 
No, I will be stalking <laughs> your social media. It's fine. Um. <laughs> so exciting. It's like, yes, we love the first book, but we want more now. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Crystal, one of the things we love to ask our guests about is something that is bringing you comfort and joy lately. It can be mm-hmm. a new podcast, um, a new product, a self-care practice, but what's been bringing you a little comfort recently? Oh, I just think it's been like, all the people who've been so kind to reach out with me to me like in the past couple weeks like it's been really nice um I went to my local bookstore this past weekend to take some like pictures and they had like a lot of like little kids walking around and picking up books and they're like pointing to characters that look like them and like the bookseller was like oh this is gonna be you next week like a little girl's gonna come (laughs) in and like pick up this book and see little black girls on the cover and they're gonna be so excited so like that brought me a lot of joy and then also, I want to say just taking some time to enjoy everything that's going on. Yes, I took some time off my day job. So I'm like relaxing in the, you know, self-care um, mm-hmm. and care with my sister sometime this week. So that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. You deserve that. That's fantastic. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, wow, this just flew by, but this was, this has been so much fun, but before we let you go, we want to know where our listeners can find you online. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Christabel underscore reads nickname for my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Crystal Marquee and also on Pinterest as Crystal Marquee. And I think TikTok. I'm trying it out. It's it's a little harrowing, but it's always so nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. All right. Thank you. We are so thankful that Crystal took some time out of her busy schedule. I have to say, like, this is a book that is getting so much buzz. The Davenports, it was like, I think it was like the number one indie next kids, like on the kids list for this month. Um So yeah, I think we're going to continue to hear great things from Crystal, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about our goals from last episode. Last episode, I said I was going to write (laughs) 20,000 words of my new work in progress. And I will say though, since I updated this outline, I have actually written some, but no, I did not do that. Um, I've written about 2000 words. Yes. Which, yeah, like three days ago was 500 words. I'm <laughs> so, you. thank you. But I did do like some brainstorming on some other stuff and this current work in progress. I had, like we said at the top, it has been a week and mm-hmm. I just did not do very much writing. But as a result, I am cheating and I am just re-upping my goal because I really want to keep building some momentum yeah. on this work in progress and mm-hmm. keep it going. That's right. That's what we have <laughs> accountability buds for. Yes. so how about you what was your goal last time okay so last time I was to commit two hours a week to journaling and planning for the week ahead and I would say I actually did this and it was mostly because I would just spend like 30 minutes in the morning um kind of just like writing everything down like I did the first week right after we talked I did do like a layout and kind of just Mm -hmm. worked that and then the last week was like I said this has been a nightmare so I just like if I could write down tomorrow's to-do list today yeah that's all that matters so Uh, I would say yes and Yay. I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> awesome. Okay. What's right. your new goal? So my new goal is switching over to like thinking ahead about like saving and I want to go on vacation mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. and like do some stuff. So I'm Cliff and I have a conscious spending plan, which is just like a very scary oh. spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, and so my 
goal for the next episode is to fill out my part of the conscious uh, spending plan. And primarily, I'm just trying to get a handle and a hold of all the subscription services that I subscribe to. Because mm-hmm. I just, I thought I, okay, so for example, I thought I had YouTube premium. And until yesterday, I did have YouTube premium for free or somehow somebody else was paying for it. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And I was like, oh no, oh no, no, oh no, no. I have to have it right now. And then that starts a whole triggering of what other services am I paying for? What what is, what is happening? What am I even watching any of these? And so that's going to be my goal. The next couple of weeks is to figure out which ones of those I want to keep and which ones of those I want to (laughs) get the boot of. Uh... Probably none of them, but at least understand where they are. Well, it's, yeah, it's just the, I mean, a few months ago, I think I like looked at somehow I I needed to cancel something from an mm-hmm. app and, you know, sometimes you have to like go on a set. It's like a whole con. Yeah, it's a whole thing. They make it hard. And then, but then you see all of the things you're subscribed to. And I was like, I don't even do any of these things. So I like when I'm unsubscribing like spree, it was great. Right. It's like, they Looking get you. So it. yeah, good luck with this. This sounds very interesting. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. Cause, uh. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. Our favorite part. What Yay. is bringing you comfort and joy? What is bringing you comfort and joy this week, Gwen? Danielle. Yes. I am obsessed with this show called The Traders <laughs> on Peacock. Obsessed. Yes. Obsessed. I'm sure the whole world is obsessed with this show as well, but it is, it is stunning. <laughs> So it is the combination of 20 people who are sent to the Scottish Highlands to live in Alan Cummings' estate. <laughs> it's not his actual estate, but yeah. feels he he makes it very much his own. Half of these people are uh, reality stars. So you've got some Bravo folks, you've got Survivor, you've got Big yeah. Brother. Um, there's Ryan Lochte is in it, barely. Like he just shows <laughs> up in an episode and you're like, it just says Ryan swimmer and you're like oh my god like come on and then the other half are normies um and they are all left in this house and each of them are playing this game where we've got three traders the rest of them are villagers and everybody has to figure out who are the traders before they get murdered oh my god at the end of the night and then just like kicked out of the house and it is zany (laughs) and silly and stressful (laughs) and the main like the main villain, she's not a villain because I love her so much. Yeah. But, uh, Kate Chastain, who is on Blow Deck, she mm-hmm. is like the one that everybody thinks is the traitor because she just always has something great to say back to people. So it's just, <laughs> it is so fun. It is just such a great, just popcorny show. You don't, you, it's like, I'm not going to tell you how it goes or what yeah. spoils or any of that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's just really fun. And I'm, I'm, we watched it last weekend. So now I'm sad that we don't get to watch it again because. But there's a British version. So if you like the American version, there is a British version that uh, BBC One did back in November. I have not been able to find it, but hopefully if this show continues to yeah. get popularity, they'll put it out so people can get it. I feel like it. I've been seeing a lot about the traders lately. It's they, so fun. Yeah, people say it's great. So I may have to check this out. Let's be bringing <laughs> you some comfort. So I discovered a new graphic novel series that came out, I think like in the last like three years or so, um, but it's called Heavy Vinyl and it is, a, it's written by Carly Houston. I think I'm saying, I don't know if it's Austin or Houston, mm-hmm. um, but then it's also illustrated by Nina Vacueva and Irene Flores. So this is a story, it's set at a record shop in the cool. late night. It's like set in like 1999. Um And it follows like, it's like this group of cool alternative women who all, and very diverse, um, 
like both in like backgrounds and sexual orientation and and they have this like underground fight club <laughs> okay and they like take down the patriarchy it's really cool there I are love two it. full like volumes there's volume one and volume two they are out i read them completely on hoop my through my library on hoopla um and i will say it's like it's a good graphic novel to hoopla translation because sometimes they're not good they're not great um but this one like flows well through each like frame it's great um but yeah i mean it's just it was so fun i i think i read them both in like an hour and a half like i just sat down and read them um they're really fun like i'm thinking about buying them like they were great i like think that yeah they would be fun to have in in print form and i think ivy would love them i think she'd be my eight-year i'm come and i become like there is like mention of sex and stuff but i would be comfortable with her there's nothing on page i would be comfortable with her reading them um but yeah it was just fun um like the whole second volume deals with like the countdown to y2k which was like a real thing like and and there was like a character who was like i don't understand why everyone is freaking out about this and there's like one person who's kind of like a hacker and she's like no like the computers may ruin everything they may go back to zero zero who knows what will happen tomorrow (laughs) you know like it's very funny but what's also cool is like there's like mention of like you know shirley manson and like alanis morissette like just all these like cool like mentions of people and there are there are some bands and you can just like tell they're like thinly veiled versions of like I think one of the bands is like supposed to be the Cranberries because it's like a woman as a singer and then like all dudes in the band like Uh it's very funny and it's like there's even like kind of a Napster like equivalent that's like coming and digital music is gonna ruin Mm -hmm. the world you know like it's all these like very like tongue-in-cheek little things because like Y2K not a big deal digital music (laughs) is the only thing people listen to you know like yeah exactly not only but yeah yeah it's really fun so I had a great it was like watching like high fidelity and, and empire records and, and, yeah and, like and fight empire club. records and yeah and fight club and all of that it's all just but from like a, a female or like a intersectional feminist lens yeah. i would say um yeah really really cool highly recommend <laughs> i love it yeah. that sounds great it kind of as you were describing it it kind of reminded me it's not a very good movie but i very much enjoyed it uh called sucker punch which yeah. was about like a whole bunch of just like teen girls taking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. taking back their power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Not, not a similar vibe, but no. I know what you mean. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> good, good friends. Just doing the friend thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here we are once again at the uh, end. Mm-hmm. Um, but be sure everyone to follow us on all the socials. You can find out everything about fresh fiction at fresh fiction. I am at D Jackson books on Instagram and Twitter and Gwen, where can they find uh, you? And I'm real vixen on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. You can email us directly at podcast at freshfiction.com. Um, tell us about your favorite historical figures, if whether they're real or adjacent or whatever, or <laughs> if you need, tell us, we need to just like spend some time in reality. Never. <laughs> no, not I know. Me. Never. Don't tell us that. We're not going <laughs> to do me. that. Um, <laughs> as always, please subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.